with the tip-off and the sportsman. This week we go football crazy as we dissect the Champions League draw. Steve Chambers joins us with his lay of the week and we pick our England team for the World Cup. And there's also time for our perfect 10 predictions. Hello, I'm Chris Knight and I'm joined by Sean Raymond, editor of jumpsracing.co.uk. Hello, Sean. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. And we're first podcast for a couple of weeks. We're, we're back from our Cheltenham Festival haze. Yes, it was a busy week last week, wasn't it, with the, the GGs? Yeah, it was absolutely uh... fantastic. No final place to be for a week in March in Cheltenham. So, but happy to be back in the studio with you and discussing all the big news. Plenty, plenty to talk about, even though we're on an international break. Which, you know, everyone knows is not perhaps anyone's favourite yeah, time of the year. It's, it's a quiet week sporting-wise, isn't it? But uh, there's still plenty to talk about. Well, it? actually, it gives us an opportunity for reflection and a bit more, a bit of an in-depth look into two of the big big events upcoming, rather than Definitely. sort of the weekly grind. Well, if we start with that Champions League quarter-final draw then, oh. and um, I think, obviously, the best place to start is the, uh, the all-Premier League tie, Liverpool against Manchester City. Outstanding. This is great, isn't it? I mean, well, it depends which way you look at it. I think you're, if you ask Liverpool fans and Man City fans, they'll both think this is the worst possible draw for both of them. Yeah. But for everyone else, this is a great tie. And actually, there's the four quarterfinals. There are two that really stand out, Juventus v Real Madrid and the Liverpool v Man City. And from an English point of view, I mean, Man City start favourites, rightly so. And you would expect over two legs that they're, they're the best team, aren't they? So They are, yeah. But Liverpool have a good record against City. They've won four of their last five meetings. There was that, that 4-3. Um, was that earlier this year? Yeah, well, it's yeah, 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 January, yeah. Yeah, and um, although they did lose 5-0 at City. So 12 goals in their two meetings this season. Yeah, and, and you is would it, expect goals, wouldn't you? Is it a chance to go gung-ho again, do you reckon? Well, it's going to be good fun. Well, what I will say is that these two teams don't know any other way. So they're going to both play to their straights and I mean they've scored 158 goals between them in the Premier League nice. the two highest scorers Liverpool are the highest scorers in the Champions League this term with 28 City not far with City of yeah. decent on 19 They like I said they only know one way to play Liverpool are the only team to beat in City in the Premier League so if anyone's going to knock City out maybe Liverpool are the team to do it but they're going to need everything to slip into place and I think from a Liverpool point of view, Klopp will be thinking, let's just win the first leg by any score, whether whether it's 1-0, 6-5, 4-3, doesn't matter what the score is, win the first leg and just stay in the tie for that second leg. Well, Liverpool are 13-1 to to win the Champions League off the back of that draw. Uh, City 7-2, to their second favourites at this stage. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And so could we see a first English winner in... Well, so could, sorry, second English winner in the last 10 years. Yeah, well, maybe. The winner of this tie is obviously going to be in the semi-final, so yeah. that edges them closer. I mean, Man City are probably, are they the best team left in it? Possibly. They could certainly beat any team. Liverpool are the sort of team that aren't, aren't you know, strength in depth-wise, then, you know, they're probably the fifth or sixth best team left in it. But on their day, they can beat anyone. We've seen it, you know, with Mo Salah banging goals and he scored four against Watford, didn't he? And, and City will be scared of him to a certain extent. But I can just see City get. I just think at the end of two legs, over 180 minutes of football, you know, we, the Liverpool be, the score better a few, team tends to win out, doesn't it? Over on a one-off match, yeah. which is I think if they met in the final on a one-off game, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd fancy Liverpool a little bit more. Uh, what I, what I, like I said for the tie for the for everything, I hope the first legs of Belter, Liverpool win it, and then it's all set up for a belting second tie. Well, if we t- move ahead to the the other standout tie, Juventus against Real Madrid, um, it's a repeat of last year's final, in fact, isn't it? And uh, Real are bidding to win the Champions League for the fourth time in five years. Well, this is it. And, and the thing about this time with Real Madrid, this is everything for them. Yeah, they, their the, league's gone, the league has gone, and um, winning this is massive. And they, their pedigree is 
four times in five, well, three times in four years, chance of four times in five, and yet they're still nine to two, and I think that's still quite a big price to be well, honest. They're, they're coming so. into form. Ronaldo's coming into form yeah. since since the turn of the year. He's been exceptional. He scored four at the weekend. He as did, well. yeah. What Juventus will point out is that their form of recent week. I mean, they're just getting better. They go into that overdrive, um, robotic way of winning games. We saw against Tottenham, they had no right to go through that tie. Not really over the two legs they were, think, but they find a way to win, and they all point to the uh, 2015 semi-final over two legs against Real Madrid, where they came out on top. Yeah, I'm um, not. I'm not sure this Juventus side is quite as good as that. No, I agree. They're, they're, I think their best players are obviously another couple of years older. So, but having said that, they're unbeaten in 24 games. They went to Wembley, where when their backs against the wall, be a yeah. very good Tottenham I, side. I just, I fancy Real a yeah. bit more streetwise than Tottenham. You'd hope so. You'd um, hope so. The experience gained in Europe over the years, Tottenham don't have that. And Juventus are eleven to one. It's probably worth mentioning. It's in the back, my instinct tells me here that Real Madrid are going to sneak through. I'm with yeah. you in the sense that maybe these those best Juventus players are slightly over the hill. Having said that, you write off Juventus at your peril. They do, the thing about Juventus is they they don't know how to lose a football game. They do not know how, and we saw it against Tottenham. Even at half-time of the second leg against Wembley, they'd been battered for the first half. They were down, away from home, 80,000 people, made a couple of changes, and they somehow found a way to win a game that they had no right to win. So that's always in the back of my mind when you're dealing with Juventus. But I think you're right. I think Real Madrid over two legs probably going to be too strong with Ronaldo coming into that form. But should be a great tie. Severe against Bayern Munich. Now, Bayern are bidding to win the Champions League for the first time since 2013. Which is when Jupp Heynckes was uh, last manager, and he's obviously at the helm again this season. Jupp has got Bayern rolling again, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. they've had a great job, and they finished second in their group, being rewarded with a, a match against Besiktas in the last 16, and now Sevilla in the last eight. I mean, that is that is as easy a draw as you could ever imagine. S- Sevilla is 66 to one, um, <laughs> and I don't know what that says about Manchester mm. United in the last round. I covered that game yeah. for the for the Sportsman, and um, it wasn't good. No, it was. The thing about Sevilla <laughs> is they're a good side. They're neat, they're tidy, they're technically good. They've got that lad up front, Ben Yedder, very mm. good striker. But that's it. That's it. They they can see goals. We saw Liverpool um, score five against them in two games. Man United went out with a with, well with a whimper, which you've yeah. rarely seen. They didn't. They, to be honest, they they basically didn't try to win the game, did they? They no. didn't even try to they, win the football they match. Seemed to, they seemed to be um, confused almost. And, yeah. uh, they, they, they didn't quite understand that they, they had to win the football game. Yeah, it seemed like they were scared of conceding that away goal, weren't they, after drawing the first leg 0-0. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, but from this time, you can't see anything but a Bayern Munich yeah. win. They, they, they're a bit like Juventus. They're on a great run domestically. Like I said, unbeaten. They've only lost one of their last 21 games, which was at the weekend to RB yes, Leipzig yeah. when they played a weakened team and, and RB Leipzig are, are no mugs on the home patch. Bayern are just, they're just robotic. Their they're Bundesliga's done. They've won it already. It's all about the Champions League yeah. for them. And uh, and I would not be remotely surprised if they won the final. Do you think that's quite a big advantage for some of these teams? So, I mean, City effectively won the Premier League. Well, they haven't. Yeah. Real Madrid don't have to worry about the Premier League. Juventus, on the other hand, battling out directly yeah. for Serie A. Liverpool battling out for the yeah. top four. Um, and we'll come on to Barcelona against <coughs> Roma now. Though. Barcelona appears to have got La Liga pretty much tied up now advantage for them they're 11 to 4 favourites to win the Champions they keep they're an interesting team Barcelona unbeaten all season you know uh, as it stands right here today they're favourites for the Champions League around about 11 to 4 on the sportsman they play Roma who they're going to beat over two legs Roma are a decent side they, they did well to get past Shakhtar yeah. Donetsk actually but they're, they are comfortably off of Napoli and Juventus in Serie A they had a massive dip over January they've, they've got their form back on track um, 
but but Roma aren't in their league. But how, when we watched Barcelona against Chelsea in the last round, they ended up going through comfortably. Over the two legs, though, Chelsea created a bucket load of chances, especially at the new camp. And you think what position Chelsea are in at the moment? All doesn't seem no. particularly right, does it, with An- Antonio Conte and, and the rumblings that are going on in the background there? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I'm I'm with you. I know we we uh, previewed Barcelona against Real Madrid earlier in the season, and you said um, you don't, despite the fact they keep getting results, yeah. you don't think they're actually that. That good, and I remember the first half of that game. Yeah. That was certainly borne out there. And if uh, they take, if rarely taken their chances. I mean, they're going to beat Roma. And oh, they will. Oh yeah, but will they beat if they get Real Madrid in the next round or or Bayern Man or City, Man City? Yeah. I don't think anyone would be scared. Obviously, with no. Lionel Messi on the pitch, you could lose to Barcelona any given day. They're they're nowhere near the the best they were five or six years ago. Having said that, that might still be enough to win the Champions League. You got Messi on the pitch. You got Dembele's coming back from injury, Suarez, etc. Then they obviously can beat anyone. Roma, a, a, a cushy draw for them, I think, to say the least. So who who at this stage would be your bet? I know we backed. I think we were in agreement. Uh, was it before the last round, before the last sixteen? We both said Real Madrid looked decent value at that stage. They're obviously a bit shorter now at ninety-two. Yeah. I still think they that looks a decent price. I think so, they're a couple. Yeah, I think Real Madrid are a decent price. I think Bayern Munich are a decent price. And I think Man City are the best team. They're the three that stand out. I can, and, and I think Barcelona will be the four semi-finalists. So it's just who produces. I think if I was to have a bet right today, I'd, I'd probably go with Real Madrid as well, just because of that Champions League pedigree, just because of that desperation. Yeah. Zidane knows it's he has to win it. They 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 know how to win the Champions League. And the others, Bayern Munich, for instance, have not quite been in that situation for a couple of years. Juventus have never managed to get over the line, have they? Um, Barcelona, yeah. So Man City, of course, have never done it. So yeah. I think it would be Real Madrid for me as of today. Okay. But I think we could have an interesting couple of weeks in the Champions Yeah, League. I think so. We're going for all four favourites to go through, which is uh, not the most imaginative. I just, <laughs> well, I, I, think, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think the Liverpool Man City game is. Let's. I hope it's got all the makings of a of a humdinger. The atmosphere mm-hmm. at Anfield in the first leg could be something special. Let's hope they win that, and we get lots and lots of goals. Excellent. To be honest. Well, if you stay tuned, we're going to give uh, Steve Chambers a ring and get his lay of the weekend. Hello. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sean. Now, you've had a couple of weeks off to to refresh and recuperate, and and you're back raring to go with another lay of the week in League One. I am indeed. I've I've had a look through the fixtures, and obviously it's the international break, so we've got to uh, delve a bit deeper in the leagues, but... The one that stands out that is uh, I'm going to lay Charlton Athletic, who are home to Plymouth Argyle, and they're as short as five to four in a place, which is too short because they're two sides with completely different form lines at the moment. And that Plymouth have been, they've gone from almost the bottom of the table into the playoffs and are absolutely flying at the moment. And Charlton, on the contrary, have lost uh, lost three of the last four. They drew their, drew their last game as well. So they haven't won in four, and Plymouth haven't lost in eight games. They've won seven and drawn one, and they look to be the side to be going with at the moment. So I think at the Valley they can uh, they can get a point at least, and it wouldn't surprise me if Plymouth uh, picked up another win and Charlton continued their plummet through the league. OK, well, that's interesting. We'll all be cheering on our guy on Saturday afternoon, and uh, we'll, we'll get back in touch with you next week to see how it fares. Cheers, Sean. Thanks, Steve. Thanks to Steve, and uh, hopefully you won't switch off at this point, but we are going to turn our attention to international football. Yes. And uh, England have got a couple of friendlies, Netherlands and Italy, during the, of course, the next week or so. 
But um, we don't want to talk about them. No, there's not a great deal you can get out of that from a betting perspective. But I think there is a real story in terms of who puts their hand up to be included in the England side for the World Cup. Now, they get their campaign in Russia underway against Tunisia on Monday the 18th of June. And where do you start with this team, Sean? So if we... We're going to have a go, aren't we? Pick it. We're going to climb inside the mind of Gareth Southgate. It's a, it's a dark and murky place. We're going to try and avoid it's, it's 96. Full of, it's full of pizzas, penalty misses. Yeah. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. And Aston Villa. Dark dark place I want to avoid any part of his mind that mentions Euro 96 because I'm, I'm still as a child or a young man a young a young lad that, that still haunts me so let's just quickly move on uh, goalkeeper <laughs> so we're going to try and pick the starting 11 aren't so we? the yeah big talking point then who starts in goal for you uh, Joe well, Hart I no no the only thing I know is that Joe Hart does not start does he go does he go on I would play? take him yeah I'd take him as a third choice as you know he seems to be a character I know that's a great generalisation <laughs> Um, and also because, That's exactly what you need, characters. Yeah, but because we've got no I, obvious keeper, I would take him as the third keeper. He'd, he'd worry me. You say he's a character. He's got this thing where he gets really hyped up before games. I don't know what he's like in the changing room, but imagine when he's not not playing. What's that? What's that to be like? I think. Well, the op- yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't start him. He's not possible to start him. I think Gareth Southgate would be tempted to take him. Um, on, a, on an experience basis, is that what you're thinking? Well, just to have another body in there that's played 50 caps. <laughs> this, this is how bad it's got. We, yeah. just, we need another body. What I'll say about this England team is is that there is potential, there's talent. But from my calculations, which has been... This has proven really difficult. When we chatted that we would try to pick our own starting eleven for England, this proved very difficult. There are only, in my head, there are five players mm. absolutely stone-cold guaranteed so to who, start. So who's that? Who are that who's Kyle that Walker. Yeah. Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, Deli Alley, and Harry Kane. Maybe John Stones John's is number six. John Stones. Is Maybe right, John yeah. Stones is six. So let's start with that goalkeeper yeah. situation I, that we keep tr- we we, we keep glossing well, over. Who are the options? Nick Pope's been called up. He's had half a season in goal for Burnley. Been impressive. Yeah, Paul Merson. Uh, no, he won't play in goal. Paul, <laughs> Paul Merson was saying that Nick Pope would start in goal, and as as nice a chap as Paul Merson is, I'm inclined to go and do the opposite to yeah. everything he said so unfortunately for Nick Pope he might be the man yeah he might be the man but you can't throw him into a World Cup with this experience obviously Pickford no. Butland are the other two um, if pushed I would pick Jack Butland ok I, uh, I'd go the other way I like Pickford I don't really I've seen him a few times I think Everton have been so poor I just don't think I just think his age with a season I, with Sunderland and half a season with Everton he's not ready I just I really liked the look of him he played in the friendly against Germany didn't he earlier on in the season I, I was really impressed by him um, I would go with really Butland. well distribution command of his area but um, I, I can see the merits of Jack Butland I worry about him he, he strikes me as uh, I worry about every one of these goalkeepers I worry about the whole team <laughs> <laughs> so so for me I wouldn't, I'm not really bothered is it? genuinely I'm not really bothered as long as it's not Joe Hart as, what I want Gareth Southgate to do in this friendly is to pick his goalkeeper and play him every match he won't do that because he want to give Pope a go the, yeah, the, the issue with that chopping and changing so close to a World yeah. Cup is the, the value of a, I played in goal myself for many years and the value of play, even at a Saturday Sunday yeah. league level the value of playing in front of people you know yeah. and getting that understanding chopping and changing your keeper for half a game or between yeah. friendlies is I'd not, like him just not pick, the way yeah. to go pick your keeper and play every minute of every match before the World Cup I would go with Butland like I said but there's nothing between Butland and Pickford it doesn't to be honest it makes not a lot of difference but what I'd like to see I get the feeling that they've both got potential 
and I just want one of them to relish the opportunity. Yeah. But who knows? It's a huge weakness. A okay, huge, well, huge weakness. Let's move into defence. Then are you playing a back four? I am playing yeah, a back okay. four. I, I don't mind the option of a back five. So right, right back Kyle Walker. Yeah. Left back Bertrand. Well, I've gone for Ryan Bertrand as well. Yeah. Can't Ashley, pick no consideration I'd have him in the squad probably just because he can fill in in two or three positions yeah. but you can't play you can't start Ashley Young in left back in the World Cup I'd pick Ryan Bertrand on the basis he's got a left foot and he's and he's English <laughs> Danny Rose of course his career's gone down the toilet he yeah. might want to bring him as a second left back I mean Luke Shaw obviously you know Jose Mourinho's probably left him crying in the corner somewhere which yeah. is a shame because he had talent so you have to play Bertrand two centre backs huge you, you play John Stones and who you play with him. I, I actually would go with Harry Maguire. I'd go, oh, we're in agreement here. I'd go for Harry Maguire. I really like the look of him. I'm uh, slightly can, concerned about little, his mobility. He can be a little bit cumbersome, can't mm. he, at times. But I do like him. Gary Cahill has been yeah. dropped from Southgate squad, which I think is a it's a, it's a big decision, a bold decision. I, I quite like that about Southgate as well, in fairness to him. In general, he's, yeah. he's not gone with reputation. Chris Smalling's yeah. been dropped Jones well. is another one. They all, they're all, they're all okay on their day, but you wouldn't trust any of them. So I would play Stones and Maguire. Jo- Jones's propensity to run around like a headless chicken is what uh, concerns me. But My, yeah. that, we've got our back four nailed down, then. So let's let's move into that midfield. Well, you've got two options here, haven't you? You either go four three three or you go four two three one. I'm going for the four two three one option. With okay. We'll Jordan with Henderson and Eric Dyer is my uninspiring two holding midfielders. <laughs> oh, I've got Eric Dyer and I've got Henderson next to him with a question mark. And it's just not got a question mark next to Dyer as well. Yes, well, you have to play one really, of them. Yeah. And I played Dyer ahead of Henderson. Henderson. The thing that Henderson's got, he's playing. He's a captain in Liverpool, so in theory, he's got. He's used to playing under pressure. He plays in the Champions League. The problem is, is do you need Dyer and Henderson playing Tunisia at holding role? You could. That's yep. That's a you very could play one. Wilshire alongside one of them. Yep. You could play uh, Oxlade Chamberlain. Jake Livermore. Yeah, Jake Livermore. Yeah. <laughs> He's similar though, isn't he? I saw you die inside a little bit when I said Jake Liverpool. But in general, I'd play Dyer and Henderson. Okay. But with the option of knowing that, do you really need both against Tunisia? You could play Wilshire alongside Dyer. Well, I've then got, in front of them, the dynamic trio of Raheem Sterling, Deli Ali, and Marcus Rashford. We, 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 we are great minds think alike. I've got exactly that. All three pick themselves. Rashford down the left was sensational against yeah. Liverpool recently. That's where he wants to play. Pace, cut inside. And you've got Sterling, you know, playing for the best team in Europe, perhaps every week, scoring mm. goals, setting up goals. Um, and then, of course, you've got the the, the Spurs man up front, yep. who is who's injured now, which actually might turn out to be a positive for England, having a few weeks off. Yeah. Um, and I really, really, really want to see Harry Kane produce on the big stage in the World Cup. This but, is his moment. This, this is his moment. I mean, he could be on corner taking duties. And <laughs> yeah. This is his moment. That. That's the, that's exactly the starting eleven I would pick. So I've got Butland, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Bertrand. Dyer, Henderson with a question mark, Sterling, Ali, Rashford, Kane. Okay. But I have got an alternative. We're in remarkable agreement there. And is that a, Worry. a damning reflection of the, 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 the poor state of English football, that there's so, such a lack of options? There is a lack of options. There is a slightly more attacking formation, which keeps the same keeper and back four. Go for it. Let's hear it. So you go play a 4-3-3. You've got Dyer holding. You've then got Wilshire and Lalana, who I'm desperate to see in the team Lalana. technically I think he's comfortably English he best was, football player and he was very good before he got injured for that's England, his problem he, he hasn't was, had enough games and it'd be good to see him come back but I like the fact that if you got Lalana from deep then I think he can open doors okay. you know and then you've got Sterling Kane and Rashford up front as a good three stuff. which I'm, I'm dumping Deli Ali there which is a risk 
um, you could move Deli Ali back. So yeah, I would probably go with the four two three one, but there is a slightly more attacking way. Yeah. Um, but either way, this England team is is a slight worry. I think I, I just think that if they can get through the group, that'll be enough. And if they don't get through the group, they can't beat the two teams they've got aside of Belgium. We should give up. Then we should give up. Yeah. If um, if you could have any English player from the last thirty years in in the side that you think would make a difference to maybe just not just getting out of the group, progressing to the latter stages. It, what do, what, well, it's an interesting one because what does this England team need? For for me, it's a Brian Robson type figure in the middle of the park, box yeah. to box midfielder. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I, I would, maybe I'm going a bit old school. Maybe there isn't. Uh, there's a lot of players. I mean, time for that that kind of player anymore. What I, I do think this England team has got is some, de- you know, Sterling, Ali, Rashford, Kane is impressive up front. So I would probably, if you could, I'd probably take a Rio Ferdinand centre back. This is we're woeful in defence. England are woefully thin on the ground. It needs it needs a, it needs a, a world class figure, centre back. A calming figure. Yeah, or you could even take a goalie. Or you could even get <laughs> David Seaman back. Oh yes, he was good, David Three Seaman. Days. I think um, there's a lot to be said for either a seaman or a Ferdinand, isn't there? Just that calming influence on either a young goalkeeper yeah. from Ferdinand yeah. or the from the goalkeeper to to a relatively uh, poor defence. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. The question here is: Willing to make it out of the group? They'll lose to Belgium. I think that's silenced. <laughs> you just don't know. Do I you? think that they think, will. I think I'm going to say they will. I think. Yeah. I think they will. But Gareth, like I said, Gareth Southgate, whatever he gets paid, it isn't enough. Because to, to find a starting eleven is extremely difficult. Everyone in their right positions. He could even play a three-five-two. He could even play with Bertrand and Walker as the wing backs. Stones, Maguire, and a and other as a centre. So what we're saying is we've got lots of options, <laughs> but no obvious one. <laughs> yeah, my style would be the four-two-four-two-three-one. I think we both can. Excellent. Hopefully Gareth Southgate is listening. Well, let's see what comes out of these friendlies anyway during the next couple of days. And um, there's also some uh, football league action to look forward to this weekend. And uh, we've got the perfect 10 to do, so stick around for that. Hello, welcome back. And we've got uh, the perfect 10 to look forward to. If you head over to the sportsman.com forward slash games, it's a free-to-play game. There's 10 fixtures there. You just need to pick the 10 results, not even the correct score, just the win, draw, or away win. And you could be in with a chance of winning £10,000. Is one a lucky player did a couple of weeks ago, in fact, didn't they? Yes. Um, yeah, no, well done. It was I lovely. Adrian, I believe his name was. It can, it can be won. It we, can be. We, we yet to prove that <laughs> with our picks. So we're going to try and uh, pick the bones out of this lot. And, not easy. Uh, it's not easy. Can I say before we start? I feel like we, we, we make too many excuses before we get into this. It's not easy. It's not easy. Can, can I say before we start? I've done these stats without, you know, there are some midweek games. So the stats might be affected in the lower leagues, but these were the stats. And they were right at the time of writing. It's like you're getting the excuses in really. <laughs> it's a really difficult one this week. Right, so League One, Charlton against Plymouth, which uh, our man Steve Chambers has already laid Charlton um, without a win in four, lost three. Plymouth on fire, one defeat in 17, unbeaten in eight away. Plymouth win. Are we going to be laying down with Steve Chambers? Always. <laughs> Fleetwood against Northampton. Yeah, I'm with Plymouth there. Fleetwood against Northampton. Two struggling teams. Fleetwood awful at home. Only four wins all season. Northampton only four wins away. Draw. I've gone for a draw as well. <laughs> John, John Sheridan, the, the Fleetwood manager, shored things up a bit. They've drawn three of their last four. Northampton are unbeaten in five away, drawing three, and I think the draw looks good. MK Dons against Blackpool. Well, the MK Dons are very poor at home, but they have won their last two. Blackpool have only won five games on the road all season. 
draw. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for a draw as well. My reasoning for this was MK Dons. They're unbeaten at home against fellow bottom half opposition. Good stats. Drawing six of the nine. So, uh, yeah, I think the draw very much it's, so. To be honest, it's quite difficult to find a reason for a team to win a game sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Peter against Bristol Rovers. Uh, Peter, uh, well, Bristol Rovers have lost 11 games away from home in the league this season. In League One, only Bury have lost more away games. Peterborough. I've gone for Peterborough as well. Stop they're, agreeing with me. They're in beaten in five against Rovers, winning the last three in a row. South End against Rotherham. This is another tough one. South End are winless in four, according to my stats. They have improved under Chris Powell, haven't they? But Rotherham are decent actually away. They they, they were 3-0 winners away last weekend, and I think the uh, uh, Rotherham can win again. Really? This is where I've gone for another draw. <laughs> sit on the fence right on that fence at least I'm, I'm ready to stick my neck out you're not <laughs> Carlisle against Cambridge in uh, League 2 yeah Cambridge are rubbish away from home they've only won three games on the road all season yeah, and bear in mind we're approaching April and they've lost 10, 10 of those yeah 10 exactly 19, so, so and, and it's a long trip any trip up to Carlisle's a tough one for an away team tough you wouldn't want to be there on a Tuesday night good in cliche I like that yeah so <laughs> Carlisle are going to win yeah Carlisle and beaten in six as well I uh, went to Carlisle once did you much to see <laughs> it rained constantly more of the same. That we it's pretty much Scotland. <laughs> Crawley against Cheltenham. <laughs> Crawley against Cheltenham. Neither team in great form. Impossible to pick either of these two teams. Draw. I'm going to pick one of these two don't, teams. Don't. I've just told you it's impossible. I'm climbing off that fence. Crawley, they're unbeaten in six at home. Um, and they've won, they've won five of those before they play Wickham on Wednesday night. And we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Apologies if they lose. <laughs> Get hit for six. Crawley, of course, managed by a Champions League winner. Good stat. Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl. He, he went off injured in the 2005 former, former manager John Gregory has uh, just won the Indian uh, League as well he's he? ripping it up in India. he could be back there's a vac- there could be a vacancy at Chelsea in yeah. the summer <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting two and two together John Gregory ripping it up in India vacancy it's, at Chelsea you he, do it he did a wonderful job at Aston Villa many years ago but uh, unfortunately as with so many managers they fall into a black hole after leaving Villa Park <laughs> David O'Leary they normally fall into it while they're there <laughs> yeah, Remy Friendly guard. Yeah. Uh, Exeter against Swindon. Swindon have the best away record in League Two, winning eleven, really? drawing one, and losing only seven. Swindon Town will win. Oh, I've gone for a draw here. The last two meetings have both ended in a stalemate. Forest Green against Mansfield, a Forest Green team that have lost three in a row. Forest Green are always a team I'm drawn to because of their name. I just like the name. Mm. But no team has drawn more games than Mansfield in League Two. Fifteen. Including the last four in a row. Which so this draw, so, you, so I've gone for a draw. Yeah, as the well. sensible money is with a draw here. Stevenage against Colchester. Now these two teams are in uh, great form. Yeah, this is this is two strikers. <laughs> sarcastically. Yeah, the, the 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 key stat here though is that Stevenage are, are impressive in ter- in front of goal at home. Yeah. They've scored 34 goals in 18 games on their home ground, and that should be enough to see them past a, a hapless Colchester. I like team. that you you've used that stat because I've gone for a, a Stevenage win as well. On the basis that Colchester are winless in five, but they've failed to score in four. So Stevenage's greater firepower, I think, is going to be the difference there. So we've nailed that one. Oh, I'd be amazed if I haven't got at least eight or nine right. And there's a tiebreaker. How many goals in these games, Sean? Well, they're often quite low, aren't they? I'm going to go with 26. I've gone for 24, even lower. But um, see if you can do any better than us. Um, 
it shouldn't be difficult. I really don't think it will be hard. Uh, head over to the sportsman.com forward slash games and uh, you can find Perfect 10 there and uh, give it a go. Don't forget to, as well, head over to the sportsman.com and see the latest football news. We've got cricket, tennis, they've got it all. And uh, don't forget to rate, listen and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud and uh, however else you fancy. It'd be much appreciated. Uh, until next week, cheerio.